0: Mark with me, Aaron Thomas. Hello, beautiful specimen, and welcome or welcome back to Leave a Mark, the podcast that aims to be a place for you and I to share our grievances with the world, share what's annoying us. And today I've got something that's annoying me. And pissing a lot of other people off, I'm sure. In the past few days unfortunately the amazing Sinead O'Connor who is a woman born in Ireland best known for her amazing voice and that goes for what she says along with what she sings unfortunately this wonderful human lost her wonderful amazing son in the past few days. Shane O'Connor her 17 year old son tragically took his own life. Well I just want to hug everyone that has been in contact with that boy that has lost an amazing young soul I'm fucking pissed. Take away anything to do with Miss Sinead O'Connor. This is, this is another man in Ireland who has lost her kid and mainly down to the incompetent ways that our Mental Health Services Act. To preface, I want to say there are so many amazing mental health professionals out there and doctors and nurses and the likes who give all who give all their time and all their love and energy that they have and that they can to the patients that they're dealing with, be that over the phone, in person, whatever it may be. So to you, if you're in a profession where you're dealing with vulnerable people and you care and you're passionate about it, thank you so much. I wish only the best things for you and and that you can keep your peace and sanity as well while trying to help others. But I'm with fear of looking like I'm on some high horse because I'm obviously not. The people who don't care to anyone in a career where you are in contact with vulnerable people, be that elderly people, young people anyone in between. If you're picking up the phone to someone who is probably going to have suicidal thoughts and is probably not going to be thinking as rationally as they could be. If you're someone who's meeting with someone that you know has tried to take their own life or has had thoughts about it and you feel in yourself that you don't have the compassion in you to deal with it. If you feel that you have a lack of energy to help or to care, Please do us all a favor, everyone, and get the fuck out of that career. Of course, as common sense would have you think, there are careers where you can get away with not caring. You can get away with not being passionate. If you're looking for something like that, go into retail. I've been in retail for many years. I had so much passion and I've seen so many people in there who had passion for what they were doing and had a great worth ethic about them. But there's so many people there who don't care, who are just there for the wage and that's, a, and that's okay in retail. The shop will survive if the man on tills isn't on top form and isn't being as friendly as he possibly could to a customer. You might get a bad review, but I think the shop will survive. Things will go on about like normal. If you're in a career where you're talking to someone vulnerable, where you're talking to someone who feels so low in themselves and is possibly using the place that you're in as their last resort and you can't give them time, you can't, you can't even pretend to care, To give them the respect that they deserve and find something else. Please, for everyone's sake. So I want to pay my respect to Shane and to Sinead and to everyone that has lost that amazing young boy. But I don't want to delve in the ins and outs of that situation too much. From the outside looking in, he's been let down by a lot of people. A lot of professional people who should have had more attention and care towards him. It's disgusting. But I'm sure Sinead O'Connor will be the person to fight this till wit's end. And I'm sure she can't even begin to think about grieving her son until she sees, until she metaphorically or physically sees the heads of the people who let him down on spikes. And I can't say I blame her. When we lose someone... When we lose someone, we want something to blame. We want someone to blame. We want somewhere to direct our energy at, our anger at. And a lot of the times when we lose older relatives or whatever, we don't really have anyone to put that blame on. It's part of life. They've moved on. In this situation, there's a lot of people to blame. There's a lot of people that let that boy down and let that boy lose his life. And they should be so ashamed of themselves. So from what I've read, the young boy escaped from... The hospital he was in, which is meant to be one of our most leading mental health facilities for young adults. And I'm just one other person in Ireland who's reading this and completely relating to it. Having had at least three members of my family that I know who are completely let down by by various systems that are there to help. And in my own case, I've been let down by systems. I've been let down by the rape crisis centre the national center where you go for sexual assault i've been let down by pieta house a place in my eyes that was my last resort if i was about to put that suicide plan in place pieta house was my last go to it was my last option and it turned out to be a load of shit and i don't want someone who's having a bad day or is seeing no way out or is seeing no way out of their dark depression to come across this video and think well that's it i have no one to go to you do there are so many surprising options that you would not think there's a victim assistance place that i leave in all my links and it really and it really opened a door for me they came to me they are so understaffed there are only three or four people really really who take the time who take the time to care for people and to help vulnerable people. Such as women getting out of violent relationships. And households. Or, or the likes of people like me. Who are just young people. Seeing absolutely no way out. Of what they're going through. I met up with them. And they listened to me. They really just looked me in the eyes. And listened to what I was saying. And tried to give me advice. Or hints or tips. To see some other sort of perspective on life. So please don't think that because I'm going on a rant and a bitch about our services, that there's nothing out there for you. There is, there are people there who care and are ready to listen to you. So don't give up, don't make a lifelong decision for something that could be overlooked in a matter of months, weeks, years. You don't know, but things can change. Your life can change. Back to my rant. Basically, I I was having a breakdown in work, not knowing what was going on in my body, anxiety attacks coming back in full force night terrors sweats not sleeping properly eating less and not really being able to define why like in my head I felt okay but I was relapsing on all these symptoms and I went to my doctor who was a lifelong GP I had and he just knew there was something he was delving chatting more and more and he was eventually the first person that I opened up to about my rape my assault that had happened a few years ago and and he consoled me he was so good so caring and he was honest with me he told me there's no sentence anyone can say or no magic pill that he can give me that will fix these problems and that, and that unfortunately it would be a long road And I know it still is going to be, I know it's probably something I'm going to be battling with for a long, long time. But but in the matter of months, I managed to find a few small resources that have helped me to see a light, to see a different life for myself than constantly feeling weighed down. But as I said, that came from unexpected places. My GP was, my GP is getting old unfortunately and going into retirement so I see him less and less and his suggestion was to go on to the Rape Crisis Centre, start out there which should be the main centre for historical or new sexual assault cases. I rang up there in a fragile state only really accepting that it was a rape I was dealing with that it wasn't just a bad situation it was it was a rape it was an assault on my body and and realizing that and realizing that does change the game in a lot of ways you start getting these flashbacks more vivid and it's fucking tough but it's necessary these things needed to be addressed in me because As I said, there was reactions coming out of my body that I didn't know why. And maybe I rang up at the wrong time, the wrong day, but I just got completely shrugged off. Um, The woman over the phone basically was just saying, yeah, we'll put you on a list and it'll be a long down the line. Um, We've no counsellors or therapists available at the moment. So if you want to ring back another day, and I was just kind of, (laughs) something in me felt sorry. Felt sorry for making this phone call. Felt sorry for burdening this woman with my vulnerability. And that's one thing if it's a friend. If it's one friend that you're constantly going to with all these problems, that's a lot for that person that didn't sign up to be a mental health professional or to work in a mental health facility. So if they need time for themselves, that's under- understandable. They're not on the clock. So that really took me aback knowing that before a person with professional knowledge in assaults and rapes would contact me and that that was it I'd be put on a waiting list and see you later please stop annoying us basically and that kicked me in the gut and left me just not knowing what to do so I went back to my GPs and was just telling them my battle and unfortunately got a different GP but stereotypes in me all stereotypes are bad in a way it was a woman she sounded younger and I just thought okay maybe she'll understand a bit more and be a bit more in the know or just know of something else or just know of somewhere else that she could send me for some help because I was at the stage where I would take any advice any help any where you could send me that could give me a hint of advice I'll take it because I just don't want to feel like this And I explained to her that I've been battling with addictions as well. There's some minor things, not hard drugs, just more cannabis and stuff that is not long term sustainable. It's not a way for me to live my life. But for a long time there, it was my coping mechanism, and I can understand that and not put judgment on that. But unfortunately, because cannabis is illegal in Ireland, I got so judged for that. I. She just looked down her nose at me, unfortunately, and told me that no psychiatrist or therapist will want to deal with me until I'm drug free. So what do you do there when you're telling your doctor, when you're telling your professional that I need help getting off these drugs to clear my mind, to do everything? Now come back to us when you're off the drugs. Sorry? How does that work? So this just left me feeling like there's no hope. Like the options are The people I'm reaching out to, who you hear on the ads, if you're feeling low, please reach out to your GP. If you've been affected by sexual assault, please reach out to the Rape Crisis Centre. These people don't want to know me. These people sound burdened by my problems and are shrugging me off. What now? So I just internalised everything. I was on the sick from work, so I was sitting at home, stewing in my thoughts constantly, not knowing what to do. And for those of you who might be saying, just go to therapy, just get yourself back into therapy. It's expensive as well when you're on the sick from work when therapy is normally 70 80 euro and you're getting 111 euro and then having to pay bills food survive how um so things just got worse and worse snowballed and I really really relapsed into self-harm which was scaring me because it was something that i had really i had really prevented for multiple years and i was getting and i was getting weakened to the thoughts and old unhealthy coping mechanisms that would eventually lead me into suicidal idealizations so i reached out to my last resort pieda house and I'm just going to put everything down to bad time, bad day, whatever that I rang on. Again, I was shrugged off. Again, I was told, right, we'll be put on a waiting list. Uh, we've no counselors, therapists available for the next while. So it was nearly like customer service. So you're ringing up Sky or broadband or your phone network and they have to finish off their call with, is there anything else I can help you with? Just to really wrap up the phone call. Get it done. This is what I was getting from the mental health services. I was reaching out asking for help. And they were saying no sorry. There's nothing available right now. Anything else? And yeah. This really just. This was the. This was nearly the last straw. Uh, And if I was someone else. That day Pieta house. The rape crisis centre. And my doctor would have had blood on their hands. And it would have been me. I would have been the murderer. But they all put the nails in my coffin. If I was anybody else or if I was me on a different day, I could be gone. But these whole interactions gave me such an anger, gave me such a fire in myself that I said, I'm not going anywhere. And through that and through the victim's assistance is where I got the idea for this leave a mark. People are suffering. Our governments don't care. Our mental health professionals are pretending they care. They don't give a bollocks. And us as people need to be there for each other and need to do something about this. I'm not a therapist. I'm not professionally trained in anything. But if you have a problem and you want to reach out and talk to me, please, please do. As soon as I can, I will get back to anyone who is in a dire situation. I promise you. I love everyone out there who has care and love in their hearts. Goodbye.